Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Media Podcast. I'm Matt Deegan. On the show today, I speak to the head of BBC Radio 2, Helen Thomas, and hits radio presenter Stephanie Hurst all about what makes a great radio host and why radio is still the industry to be in. Plus, I catch up with media pundits James Cridland and Paul Robinson to talk media news. And on the show, I chat to head of editorial at PRX and Radiotopia, Julie Shapiro, about her career in listening and her tips on making a podcast pitch. All that and the media quiz in which we're rounding up the week's media headlines with Name That Story. That's all coming up in this edition of the Media Podcast. Well, you might be able to hear a bit of background noise. It's the buzz of around 1,200 audio aficionados. Uh, They've gathered in Sweden for the 12th Radio Days Europe to discuss the latest in radio and podcasting and where audio is heading next. Uh, So for any listeners missing their weekly media news fix, don't fear. We'll be back on the press headlines next week. Today, though, a Radio Days Europe special. So on with the show. It's just hitting lunchtime here at the Malmo Conference Centre and I've popped backstage to chat with two radio greats. The first is the marvellous Stephanie Hurst. Hello. Thank you very much, Matt. It's great to be on. Uh, you've just come off stage. Literally, yes, talking about my favourite subject. Which is? Radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are in the right place uh, yes, in the radio days yeah. for that. It was a quite a fun session and done pretty differently. We're obviously used to conferences and panels and people at the front and screens mm. behind, but you were all forced in the middle of the room. Yeah, and I've not done this. I, I, I public speak for a lot of my mm. living these days, and I'm usually on a stage, keynote behind me, lectern, all that mm, kind of stuff. Mm. But we were in the round, so mm. if you imagine everyone is sat around us and we're in the middle. So I was very conscious that I've got, I hate having my back to people. I find mm. it, my mum used to say to me, never have your back to people, it's rude. <laughs> so I was always kind of trying to turn around and look at people. I've not done that before. That was so great. And there's lots of energy in the room. Uh, also with me is uh, Helen Thomas, who's head of Radio 2. Uh, we were sitting next to each other for that session, were we? It was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You're, you're right about the energy in the room. It's so wonderful to be here amongst enthusiasts who all love what they do as we do and uh, it was a great great session Steph honestly well done. Uh, So you were talking about uh, what makes a great music presenter what were the results of that survey over the last 50 minutes? (laughs) Well it's been relatable isn't it and Mm. we closed with these you know comments Mm. about what makes a great music radio presenter I always want to hear when I'm coaching people or mentoring people I always say speak to me like you're speaking to your best friend who's your best friend 
So if your best friend is, say, for instance, I know Chloe, well, speak to me like you're speaking to Chloe. You know, talk to me the things that you talk to each other about. Um, and just try and be yourself. I know it's an old adage, and it's probably one of the greatest bits of advice that anyone's ever given in radio is just be yourself. I think when I started out in hospital radio, when I was 12 or something or 11, and they're always saying, be yourself, be yourself. But still, to this day, all these years later, I'm still saying the same thing. Authenticity wins every time. The listeners will see straight through you. Mm. They will. They can hear it in your voice as well, can't they? Oh, you've been a presenter for a little while. You've done Breakfast Radio. You've done... 15 B- years of it. You've <laughs> done BBC Local Radio, yeah. uh, mid-morning shows. Uh, now you're doing things for, for Hits Radio and for Greatest Hits. How have you changed over that time in how you think about what your job is? It's about sense of the day, isn't it? And the time that you're on, it's... Mm trying to imagine what the audience is doing because you want to live their lives so you can relate to each other. I started in music radio playing one song, saying something, playing another and then I wanted to push that a little bit more so I used to, I would be, I did an evening show, I'd come off the air at 10 o'clock, I'd be in the production studio, I'd see the morning show, the breakfast team coming in because I was preparing and creating things for the, the next evening show. And then from that, I went on to mornings. I went on to, to breakfast, had an incredible run, a phenomenal. We, some of the things that we did, you know, were just, yeah, even I look back now, I think, <laughs> God, did we do that? Uh, and then coming off that and then going and doing speech radio, essentially, interviewing people, because I'd interviewed pop stars for years. But when you're interviewing politicians and you're interviewing people from different walks of life, that's a different skill set. And it's listening. The key is Mm. always listen. If you've got the next question written down that you're going to go to, maybe that's not the right question to ask next. You've got to go with the arc of the interview of where it's going. And it can surprise you from time to time. And you could end up somewhere that you never imagined that you would end up and have a great clip that then you can clip off that you can share on socials that Mm. you'd not particularly planned. And then coming back to music radio and being on Hits Radio, which is a predominantly a CHR brand, Mm. and then doing Greatest Hits, which is AC. I've been very fortunate that I've worked with some incredible people and continue, because I still need mentoring. Mm. I still, I'm hungry. I want to learn. Well, there's there's been a bit of of talk about coaching over the last few days. And some presenters I've spoken to in the past are very comfortable and never want anybody to tell them anything. Well, they say that. Mm. I think everybody craves feedback. But when you look at high-performance individuals, you know, tennis players, or, or whoever they have coaches who help them get and they pe- watch better. every performance back I listen to every single show back everyone every without fail I'll always try and listen back and flick through it or listen to at least 78% of it because I want to get better I want to learn I'm hungry I'm exactly the same I'm exactly the same Helen you work with lots of talent at Radio 2 both music and speech what makes a great host Well, the qualities that I look for in any Radio 2 presenter for any slot uh, predominantly are warmth, wit and relatability. Okay. Those are the three key characteristics that I look for in in anyone that I'm hiring for Radio 2. Uh, And obviously Radio 2, there's a lot of people who've been successful in other environments, uh, people who are maybe journalists who move across, or TV talent. I think sometimes TV talent get a, a bit of a slagging off, don't they, from radio folk. But when I've worked with TV talent, they have a different focus sometimes to radio people that, that I think makes them quite good radio presenters. 
I think genuinely it it is about that relatability, mm. you know? It's about being able to connect with an audience. And what I find with some of the people who've come from television is you quite often you'll find they're looking out through the glass <laughs> a lot more than the you know the people who've sat in studios mm. in the middle of the night for years and years and years and um you know really um involved themselves in the craft of radio but really the only people i want on radio too are people who are really enthusiastic mm. to be there and really want to reach out and connect with our audience mm. i mean we've been here with sessions from sunday there's lots of podcasting stuff on Sunday, uh, a lot of radio things uh, on Monday and Tuesday. It's always fun coming to this conference because we can get into the nitty gritty a little bit. And I know that your session yesterday, Helen, touched on benchmarks. Mm. I'm not sure everyone who's listening understands what a benchmark is, but it's quite a core part of the uh, the radio furniture. Yeah, I mean, we call benchmarks features. What makes a great feature? Well, we've got lots of them on Radio well, you, 2. You, <laughs> you have. Well, radio 2 has the greatest of all radio features, which is the highest listening point of all of UK radio, which probably means it's the highest listening point of all European radio, which is Popmaster. Yeah, yeah, on Ken Bruce's show. And you know what the secret of Popmaster is? <laughs> it's really simple. It's a simple pop music quiz. The format never deviates. Uh, Ken, who's a soup, Ken Bruce, superbly warm, um, avuncular radio presenter. He's so witty, but he's lovely. He never patronises the contestants. He's really interested in them and what they've been up to. And they do the quiz, one contestant first, a record, then the second contestant, and the winner then takes part in the three in ten where they have to name three records, three singles, top ten singles by uh, a single artist in ten seconds. And, you know, off the back of the success of Popmaster we've branched out and we stop for Popmaster tour because listeners in their thousands <laughs> hundreds of thousands were getting in touch saying literally no one in our office or our factory or our shop gets any work done when mm. Popmaster is on I had some decorators decorating <laughs> and literally at 10.30 they stopped <laughs> and stop. Popmaster is on it's Popmaster it's inclusive you can play wherever you are everyone loves mm. a quiz yeah. so we um, in lockdown, when everyone was mad on quizzing, mm, you know, mm, and, yes. and was stuck at home, we created All Day Popmaster, where Popmaster featured in every single show from breakfast through to tea time. I find conferences like this can be quite invigorating, maybe reinvigorating uh, after you sort of do the day in, day out stuff uh, on, on your radio station. What things have you kind of picked up from the event over the last two days or, or things that have made you think? I've seen so much great stuff over the last couple of days. I really loved the audio summit mm. that you hosted with three very impressive women from across Europe. So, yeah, so we had the, the CEO of, of Radio France, the CEO of uh, Bauer in Sweden, and Kathinka, who was head of radio for NRK in Norway. So g really powerful and successful uh, women. What was so interesting was everything they said when they were talking about the challenges that they were facing, they are the challenges that we are all facing, mm. you know, um, in the UK, right across the industry. 
But um, actually listening to the way they were talking about how they were tackling some of those issues, you know, kind of keeping your linear healthy while growing your on-demand, mm. etc. Like it made me, as you say, feel really invigorated. Mm. And yes, we're doing the right things at the BBC. Mm. <laughs> we really, you know, we are. We're on this and we know what we've got to do when we're heading in the right direction. And uh, I just thought it was a great session and it was such a brilliant panel. They all spoke so fantastically so I particularly enjoyed that one yeah no, really good really good and also sometimes even in big organizations you think am I alone in this mm. uh, and coming to somewhere like this you can see people who have the same challenges I think that's been the general feeling across all of the festivals so far and what I've seen and and what people have spoken to me about I think for me I saw there was one about cars mm. yesterday and how we look in cars mm. and the visualization of radio which I think is really important uh, I've got CarPlay in my car, mm. but sometimes I find it very difficult to find the radio. Mm. How do I tune to DAB? I want it's, it's mm. pushing a lot of digital at me yeah. and streaming, but I want to I want to find DAB. I want to search for stations, and I don't want DAB plus. I want everything together. Mm. And it's looking at the future and how we look as an industry in the cars of the future. Because you look at cars, you know, it looks like you've got a big TV in your yeah. car now. And it's, but it's finding also things that are not distracting to the driver and it's getting it just right. So that was really, I know there's another session with BMW and Audi today. Mm. We took for granted the car for 70 years. Yeah. Like we were that button and yeah. we were all the entertainment. And people like Spotify come on and go, you know what, I fancy quite, quite a bit of that yeah. too. We do sometimes have to work harder, don't we? to benefit in a more digital world. And I think we're heading into a golden age of radio. I think personality radio is really back now because, you know, there's Spotify and, and then podcasts coming into the arena. Mm. Whereas what we've got with radio is humans and they haven't got humans. Yeah, and that's been a key theme, actually, mm. in several of the sessions, um, you know, that, that I've been to. And another of the sessions that I really enjoyed with my chair of the Radio Academy <laughs> hat on was um, Alad from yes. Radio One, where he was talking about how you grow the next generation of talent. And he talked about the uploader, mm. you know, that they've used for the Radio One Christmas schedule. Um, where people can submit short demos um, and, and if they get selected, they could appear on Radio 1 over the week between Christmas and New Year, which is being rolled out to the industry, being hosted through the Radio Academy. I'm so thrilled about that partnership, mm. you know. As an industry, we're only successful and strong when we stand together. Well, yeah, there, there's also, there is a competition for talent. And again, this is about the world changing. So 20 years ago, if you wanted to be an, an entertainment personality the radio was one of the only places you could do that which maybe made radio stations sometimes be a bit tough on talent because they held all the cards whereas I think now that's pretty different you could become an Instagram star you could do telly you can do YouTube if you were you as sort of a 15 year old um, do you think today would you be doing a YouTube channel probably yes probably but there's something about radio which is magical and it's still special and there's still you know, we do worry about younger listeners mm. coming in because it's noisy, isn't it, out there? There's mm. so many distractions, whether it's TikTok or Insta or whatever, or YouTube. But there's something magical about that radio. And I think in lockdown, I think lots of kids probably started listening to more radio in lockdown. 
you know, than, than they have in recent years. So it's, and it's giving that chance, like Allard is at Radio 1, giving that chance to shine. When I left the BBC, when I worked at a BBC local station, the lady that took over my show, she was the winner of the New Voices. Oh, wow. Which is, and she's just won a bronze aria. Great. Which is great. And it just shows you that opening it up to new and diverse voices is such a good thing that we get to hear people that are relatable and from communities on the radio. Mm. I think one of the things with the uploader also it will hopefully provide a single point where someone who's yeah. maybe interested yeah. can suddenly go, oh, I didn't realise all these stations were out there or all these opportunities are there. I kind of scroll through TikTok and get stuck in like a 40-minute loop of what I've watched. <laughs> we all do. That's, um, that's TikTok. <laughs> uh, but um, some of the creativity in that is amazing. Oh, and, yeah. and some of it is almost quite radio-like in its focus and they get mm. in. And, and they get out less is more I think a lot of that talent would be pretty good on the radio definitely shouldn't be afraid of that yeah. so what have we all got coming up so what's coming up on Radio 2 over the next few months what should we be looking out for just this week we launched our um, Radio 2 and the One show Go Green right. so we've partnered this is our first major proper hardcore partnership with the One show where we're encouraging all our listeners to look at the stuff they do in their daily lives and little changes and tweaks and uh, things that people can make to, to lead a more environmentally friendly, more sustainable lifestyle. And we've got different themes running through the day. And if you carry on listening, there's Zoe's got a fun announcement on Friday morning <laughs> <laughs> where she's going to talk about what's coming next as part of Radio mm. 2 Goes Green. And then I guess, our, uh, you know, we've got Glastonbury next month, um, which we're hugely excited about <laughs> after two years of Glastonbury drought. Glastonbury's back and it's going to be amazing. But the thing that I'm so excited about is Radio 2 Live in September and that's which, going on tour it's moving to yeah, London anymore yeah so we're taking it out of Hyde Park we're doubling it in size it's going to be over an entire weekend and we're going to Leeds great and uh, yes so uh, in June um, we will be announcing who the acts are that are going to be performing at Radio 2 Live in Leeds and and it's really exciting because um, we're going to get to go out and about and do outreach for the first time Radio 2 hasn't done outreach mm. so we're in the process of creating what Outreach for Radio 2 looks like because what Outreach for Radio 2 looks like is different for, for what it does mm. for Radio 1 because of the difference in audience, you know? So, yeah, there's lots of really good stuff coming down the, the, the tracks at Radio 2. Lots to keep you busy with. And Steph, what have you got coming up? Gosh, well, I've got the two weekend shows on for Bauer. Mm. Um, Belters, which is 90s, 90s and 10s dance anthems on a Saturday night, which I schedule. I'm very lucky <laughs> and very privileged that I, I'm trusted to be able to schedule my own music. So, And I spend about f maybe five or six hours scheduling it. And I love it. It's a real, I think, because what you've got, you've got a generation of maybe whether in your 30s or 40s or whatever, of people that went out clubbing mm. and reliving and it's very mainstream mm. but I throw the odd spice song <laughs> in there you know because you want to surprise the audience Absolutely. along with your Michael Gray weekends and your <laughs> David Getters got some more greatest hits work coming up mm. in in the summer as well some more depths which is fun to do and public speaking I've got mm. a brand called Believe Achieve if you believe it you can achieve it I'm living proof of it I've <laughs> I, I knew from a very early age I wanted to be on the radio, so I made that happen. Lots of life changes, yes. you know, getting my career back. I believe achieved that. Wanted to be back on a big network. Believe achieved that. It's just if you believe it, you, and it gets anyone listening to this right now, whatever you're going through in life, if it's a bit tough, just if you believe and 
that's positive stuff coming towards you. And if you think positively, good stuff usually happens. That's and, what I believe. And, you, and it's a way of doing objectives, isn't it? It's about being it focused on, so, on, on something. It is, and it's nice to go into businesses, you know, large and small, and deliver this hour-long keynote. And you find it reinvigorates people. A lot of what it's, you know, it's, it's been great to be back together mm. here, hasn't it? I'm so buzzed up at the minute, <laughs> you know, I know I've just come off stage, but just in general to be around like-minded people and to talk about our favourite subject, which is radio. Uh, Helen and Steph, thank you very much. Pleasure. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Now, Radio Days attracts audio leaders from around the world, and earlier in the conference, I caught up with a special guest from the States, producer and head of Radiotopia, Julie Shapiro. The role of PRX and Radiotopia in the US audio industry can sometimes seem a bit confusing from the outside, so I started by asking Julie to give us a little rundown of the character of their business. The public radio link is very strong. It's at the root of PRX as a company. Um, PRX is a nonprofit public media company um, that specializes in audio journalism and storytelling, but it's also a podcast partner and publisher and distributor. And we build technology. We build the technology we want to use um, with a real dedication to privacy and ethical issues with technology. We run a global training program and we've opened some local community podcast studios. We call them the podcast garages. There's one in Boston. There's one in San Francisco. Uh, We distribute public radio shows. So there's a very direct relationship with stations all over the country. And most of all, what PRX started as was a vessel through which listeners could find audience Mm. and audiences could find content. So um, it does all of those things. And in the middle of that whole uh, evolution of the company, podcasting came about. And so the devotion and dedication to producers in the radio space shifted into podcasting. And that's when um, around that time, PRX started building apps. They were some of the first companies building apps for listening. And then Radiotopia is a podcast network that's of PRX that came out of that moment where things were turning around a little bit. And a lot of the public radio producers that were part of the larger independent community in the U.S. started making their own shows. And so PRX stepped in to create um, a system of support for those shows at the time, uh, monetizing to sell ads and promoting and helping with technology and fundraising together. So it was a kind of revolutionary idea at the time and, and probably stands apart from other networks in a way that maybe it still is. I hope so. And I guess shows people might have heard of, so things like 99% Invisible, um, was part of that. Yes, yes. Uh, it was the flagship show by Roman Mars. He co-founded Radiotopia with PRX uh, before I was involved directly. And some of the distribution for things like This American Life as well um, in its yeah. sort of the later Moth, incarnation. Yes, The Moth is a PR, was a show that PRX was supporting from the start um, and l- lately has really expanded our partnerships into other networks like Futuro Media. They just want to Pulitzer mm-hmm. for a brilliant series called Suave and Religion and Sports and uh, the TED ne- Audio Network. So PRX is really sort of stretched into being a good partner to all of these other networks out there. I suppose nowadays there's lots of places actually for podcasters to go, people to, to take shows to networks. We see things like Spotify spending huge amounts of money on uh hiring in talent or or, or taking shows behind behind their paywall. Um, I mean creators have a lot of different things to think about, haven't they, in, in where they store their programs or, or who they work with to to make them? Yeah, it's really a 
maybe a, a question of priority for people. Mm. Like, do they want to own their shows? Then working with PRX or Radiotopia might be the best route to go or a, an appealing route to go. Uh, we don't have bags of money lying around <laughs> to invest in shows, so we have to. We work with um, shops and producers that are really on their way, self motivated, investing themselves. You know, really driven, understand the work ahead. We just we're not bi- we're not a big network either, mm. so there aren't a lot of shows that end up with us because we don't have the bandwidth to support a lot of shows. And uh, being in Radiotopia comes with certain obligations as strong, certain expectations mm-hmm. that people willingly, I mean, I think it's the things that draw them to Radiotopia too. As I said, we fundraise together once or twice a year. Uh, the shows are constantly cross-promoting each other. It's really a family. And we, we talk about it, not just, you know, a roster in the network, but like we're a family, we're a community. We foster community amongst our listeners and amongst the producers. So there's kind of a, a sociological aspect of Radiotopia that I think appeals to people. For people who are, are maybe in an organization but are thinking about their own audio dreams and, and what, what they will do later on, what advice would you, you give those people today to prepare them to take that next step? It depends on how ambitious you feel because it's such a competitive world out there. So, you know, how much of a ramp do you have to support yourself till something kicks in and you have the support that you need? How important is it to you to own your show? Because otherwise you could try to sell an idea to somebody else to help help you make it. Um, I think having an idea that sounds, that's something you specialize in, you have proximity to, uh, you don't need to be a celebrity, at least in our opinion, but of course those shows draw a lot of attention, but we're looking for the stories that aren't necessarily the big splashy stories. And what is there longevity to an idea? You know, this balance of limited series versus ongoing shows is something we think about a lot. The ongoing shows are just easier to support over time. Mm. The limited series are kind of they come quick and hot and fast and you know and and make a big splash and then they're they're kind of done i mean they exist still but people move on to the next one so there's really this balance of attention that shows get and i think it's just really hard work i don't i think people think making podcasts is easy and it's just such hard work um and we just i feel like we work with the most incredibly impressive ambitious producers and they work hard and mm. I, just, I think like that's there's a mythology that you can just like pay somebody or someone will just pay you money to make mm. your podcast and then help you make it but you can do research about audience you can have a sense i'd have a game plan i would know your first 20 30 shows before you pitch anybody so you know there's longevity in the idea um, i would find partners you want to work with i mean a lot of radiotopia is about relationships mm and PRX as well. And I think that you want to have relationships with people that understand your own ambitions, respect, admire, can help you cr- see them through. Um, it's the kind of Pollyannish version because there's a lot of, you know, it's sometimes hard to get people's attention to even ask, but uh, it's, you need you need to persist. Actually, it's funny, Nigel with Ear Hustle talks about the three Ps of working in a prison, persistence, politeness, and patience. And I feel like that actually is pretty good for outside the podcast environment as well. The three Ps of podcasting. Uh, it doesn't come quick, uh, contrary to popular belief where you just put out a show and immediately it's got a million listeners. And it's an art form. I think people have to hone their craft and get better and listen. I mean, mm-hmm. podcasters are finding time to listen themselves and understand what they like and don't like and what works and doesn't work beyond the dichotomy of good and bad. All of these things, I, I think, are the foundation of creating a creative vision that you can then support with a show and that will attract listeners. 
That was Julie Shapiro, VP of Editorial at PRX and Radiotopia and producer of the amazing podcast about prison life, Ear Hustle. Uh, you can hear the rest of my chat with Julie, including how she got into audio and what kind of audio is catching her ears right now if you are a subscriber to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash mediapod if you're not uh, and you'll be able to catch up with that and loads of other deep dives we've been doing over the past few weeks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We've now come to the end of the conference and delegates are trickling out to the airport. But I've managed to pin down two media podcast favorites for a bit of pod news. See what I've done there. Um, With me uh, are James Cridland and Paul Robinson. Hello both. Hello. Paul, you've had quite a big job at Radio Days Europe over the past few days, hosting on on stage. Well, I'm sort of the glue, really, aren't I? I'm sort of the glue that holds it all together. So my job is to bring people on, bring people off like you. And um, we did a couple of other sessions. I did a session on on Ukraine and we had Heather Small on. But no, it's, it's great. I think it's been a great two days. I mean, everyone has been very positive. If you're listening at home, you might think, why are all these people going on about it? But as someone who works in in the audio sector, I do find it quite reinvigorating when I come to Radio Days. I think so, too. What I love about this conference is people have got a real sense of shared agenda. I think, you know, 50 countries, but people have got the same issues, same challenges, same opportunities, and they're willing to share. And you really get a chance to learn. If you come in with an open mind and think, yeah, there's things I can pick up here, you really do walk away with stuff you can take back to your business. It, it is like a big family. I mean, I really feel like the, you know, the, the organizing team, but also the people who attend, it's a huge dining room table with 1,200 chairs around it. It's not as much of a corporate conference as, as lots are. Radio Days Europe is sort of operated by some public broadcasters as well. So that there's definitely a broader field than just, hey, we're trying to sell you some product or get your cash in the door. Well, I mean, I think about the main stage on the first day, you know, one session, there's two guys who are writing a song in one hour and people are throwing in ideas from the audience. How about doing something about cinnamon buns? <laughs> and they end up writing a song at the end of it, um, you know, which involves skinny dipping with cinnamon buns. I'm not quite <laughs> sure how that works. And then you had Grant from um, Southern Cross Stereo talking about digital transformation 
and, and transforming 99 radio stations and 106 podcasts uh, in five years. And that was, I thought, a great example of strategy, but he made it really come alive. You know, I mean, he talked about the problems and he was very honest about it. But one line that struck me was this idea of strategy first operation second. In other words, think about what you're going to do and then do it. And that's just so clear. I hadn't seen such a, a great articulation of strategy, but it was a strategic session, but it was really accessible. Well, Grant is where you're from, James, um, down in Australia. Um, bit of a trek to get here. I took the seventh longest commercial flight in the world uh, from Darwin, which is a place I'd never been <laughs> before but I've seen it now so I don't need to go again Uh, (laughs) up to uh, Heathrow yeah it's a long journey why do you decide to spend nearly a day um, coming over to to radio days it's a wonderful experience because a I'm I'm seeing lots of people who I haven't seen for you know two and a half years everybody looks two and a half years older which is a bit (laughs) weird I think one of the things about radio is that you are always listening to radio in your own country and so you're listening to you know my in my case uh, the ABC and a bit of triple M and a bit of um, B105 and all that kind of stuff and I'm not listening to radio from other countries and so what Radio Days Europe does um, being an English language event looking across Europe and other places as well is you just get all of those ideas all together as one thing Um, you know it's a really exciting time and it's just great to hear so many people so positive about radio and radio's future. Uh, and they make you do some work while you're here. You were kind of up on stage uh, quite a bit. There was a session where you were talking about interesting tech that, that radio stations could use that I, I sat on that was pretty good. Also chatted to one of the big Spotify bosses uh, here in... Mm. Uh, was, he, was he from Sweden? Was he the Swedish He was from, boss? Nor- uh, from, from Sweden. From yes, Sw- that's right. Big yeah. Swedish Head boss. of Nordic content. What did he have to say about what Spotify are up to? Yeah, it, it was really interesting talking to uh, was, uh, Johan Cedarforce and really interesting talking to him. In most countries, um, Spotify has different people in charge of music to podcasting. In this particular case, in the Nordics, it's just him. And that's great because he has this complete overview over all of the content that Spotify has. And, you know, really interesting, uh, you know, asking him, is Spotify going to eat us all for breakfast how can radio work together with spotify and what sort of content is working on that platform what was your big takeaway from what you said anything new that you thought oh that's an interesting insight into how they think yeah i think i was surprised that they get a lot of content made for them in this part of the world but they are using independent production houses and radio companies don't seem to want to Um, help make content for Spotify. What I was getting from him is he would love to work with radio a little bit more and is finding it quite difficult because we're being a little bit standoffish. Mm. And I thought that that was a really interesting side. I think there's definitely something about... um own platforms so historically if you went back like six or seven years at radio days it would all be about getting your content to other places to itunes back then or to Mm. spotify or 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 other third parties and partly that was driven by broadcasters own platforms maybe being a bit dodgy whereas there seems to be quite a lot of confidence about people's own platforms about keeping content there or windowing paul did you feel that there was a sort of a confidence from the radio sector about technology that maybe we haven't quite seen for a while. I did. I felt it's now being sort of integrated rather than being seen as an add-on and mm. being integral to the industry. It always was a bit separate. Um, I think the Spotify session which you did, James, was fabulous. I mean, one thing I noticed was there was some antagonism from some people in the audience 
towards Spotify, there was a bit of aggression. And I noticed in the, the last session uh, on the 30 Ideas that the lady from Radio Canada was very clear saying, we're building our own platform. You know, we want our mm. content on our own platform. Mm. So I think you are going to see certain broadcasters going down that route and, and deciding that's the way they're going to go. I think in business generally, we used to think about, you know, we're, we're competitors or we're suppliers, we're providers. Mm-hmm. Now you work with your competitors and sometimes they can be a competitor and sometimes they can be, you know, someone you're working alongside. So I think the world has changed and it's judging how to get the best out of those two things. But uh, yeah, ultimately we're going to have a mixed economy going mm. forward. Everyone is slightly closer, aren't they? Also, we know a bit more about what everyone's up to. I think that's the other thing. Even the big digital operators, we heard from people talking about insights from their own apps and their Mm. own systems. I mean, stations and broadcasters are in quite a good position to decide what they want to do next now, aren't they? I, I think they are. The thing that concerns me slightly is if you are a broadcaster, particularly a public service broadcaster, your job is to serve the public mm. and your job is not to bully them into downloading an app. What you should be doing, in my uh, you know, humble opinion, mm. uh, but I'm allowed an opinion as well, is um, that your app should be you know, the best experience because, of course, you can surround it with incredible content, but your app should be just one of those places where the public can find your content. My concern is that we see the same kind of splintering going on as we're seeing in video platforms where you have to have 20 different video apps on your Chromecast just to be able to watch stuff. I'm a bit concerned that we're seeing that in terms of radio as well. I mean, Paul, you're in the the VOD world quite a lot in lots of territories and people are getting used to using a variety of apps to consume content. Do we think that radio is sort of going the same way? I think in a way it might be a natural thing that happens when you get new technology. You know, you have a thousand flowers blooming and then over time you get consolidation and rationalisation. And I suspect that both TV and radio are both going to go through that. I mean, I agree with what James has just said. I think there may be a slight difference, and this may not be a correct assertion. I have no evidence for it, but maybe the fact it's NRK and the BBC we're talking about, Mm. maybe a licence fee funded broadcaster has got a slightly different relationship because if it's direct funding from the government, there's no need or not the same need for approbation from the public because a license fee is paid really because you're willing to pay it Mm. because you see value and so if there's a risk you're not seeing value because content say is on YouTube it may be a particular license fee issue but I mean I don't know that's just a theory but on on TV I mean what's happening now is you know you've got Disney Amazon and Netflix which are the three major platforms there's been some work done in America and there's more and more platforms launching obviously Paramount Plus has launched there the average number of apps per household is three and a half. Mm. And increased supply is not increasing that number from three and a half. Uh, it's a bit less than that in the UK and a bit less in Europe, about 2.8, 2.9. So the evidence is that probably three or four services is all you're going to pay for, unless it's a really specialised one. So there might be, you know, if, if someone came along with an amazing train spotting mm. on-demand service, you might buy that a bit like the top shelf, or not top shelf, but the <laughs> shelf ma- magazine you might buy mm. in the past. So it, I think you're going to see consolidation. All the studios have vertically integrated, as you know. I don't think eight or nine apps is going to be sustainable in TV and probably not in radio either. So I think what James is saying is absolutely right, but we're probably going through a phase where everyone's having a go at doing their own thing. Mm. Uh, Whether it will survive or not, I suspect a lot will go by the wayside. Well, one thing that's 
that's coming is YouTube into the, the podcasting space. Already a lot of data shows that users, particularly young users, regard YouTube as a podcasting app. If you're a traditionalist, you look at that and go, no, it's not. It hasn't got hardly any shows on. But the people that use it and like it, and if they see two guys, usually guys, um, having a, a conversation for an hour, or an hour and a half. They describe a podcast mm. in content terms rather than platform terms. Um, but YouTube are going to get more into podcasts, you reported it in, in Pod News. Um, and that's both audio and video. Yeah, I reported in Pod News about um, two or three months ago, basically a leak that I got, uh, which was a set of slides from YouTube showing what their new podcast experience was going to be. And YouTube are going to, you know, import RSS feeds, so all of your favourite shows will be in there. And it'll be very interesting and exciting to see what that means for podcasting. You would assume that Apple, because Apple aren't stupid, they're, mm. they're, they're bound to make an Android version of the Apple Podcasts app at some at, at some point because now it'll make them some money. So I think those two things are going to be quite game changers when it gets into the podcasting landscape. Uh, well, there was a session earlier um, today about benchmarks and how important benchmarks are in radio, uh, particularly for listeners. And obviously we can't have a show without everybody's favourite benchmark, the media quiz. So this week it's entitled... Name that story. I've got four media headlines that have happened away from the conference oh, and aren't anything great. to do with the audio industry. Well, we've been in a bunker for two I know, days. Right? I know, it makes it I impossible. Know. So you've got to tell me how many words you believe it will take you to guess the story correctly. I'm looking for how many words. Wow. Um, get it wrong, uh, and I'm going to release another word until you get it. Think name that tune. Yes. But with words. So number yes. of words. A TV story first. I'm going to go with you, Paul. How many words would you like to name that story in? Five. Five. David Tennant and Catherine Tate... We'll make a guest appearance in Doctor Who. Correct. Yes. That is correct. Uh, uh, Going to return to Doctor Who in 2023. Are you a fan of the Doctor? I am, actually. I've watched it uh, since the very beginning. And I'm really pleased about shooting up while getting the, the gig. I mean, he was great in sex education. Yeah. I think he was the one who really stole the screen time. He became the star of it. And I think he's going to revive it. So I think with the combination of Russell T. Davis and him, I'm reinvigorated with Doctor Who. Not that I've not liked Jodie Whittaker, but I think this is going to give it a new lease of life. So I'm very excited about the new Doctor Who series for next year. Very excited indeed. Uh, so you went for five there. James, uh, I've got a TV and music uh, story uh, for you. Oh, well, good luck on this. Um, You're good on music, James. Let's, let's go for four, just okay. so I can see if I can beat Paul. Eurovision final peaks with... Ah, well, this is presumably the audience figures yes. for the Eurovision. Um, uh, well done, the UK, for becoming uh, second. And well done, Ukraine, of course, for becoming first. Um, uh, peaks with a uh, random number, I don't know, uh, 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 100 million viewers. Uh, nearly. It's 10.6 million. Okay. Uh, but, uh, uh, Where? In the UK? Uh, in the UK, UK 10.6 million. Oh, okay. I, w I was thinking about Europe. Oh, okay. Well, um, of course you were. <laughs> uh, in, in that case, you can have those, you can have those four <laughs> points. And I'm sure that the BBC are delighted that they will probably be putting it on next year with all of that uh, associated cost. But uh, I'm sure yeah, it's going to be a great time. Isn't it great for the BBC to do that? I mean, mm. I think that's us giving something to Ukraine. I think it's a lovely message, actually, as well as the BBC getting all the brownie points. And why not? I mean, I think this is a nice win for the BBC and for Ukraine. And it might be a kind of interesting 
interesting hybrid show, perhaps, whoever helps them yes. next year. Uh, right, I've got a legal story for you, Paul. Oh, heavens. Uh, how many uh, would you like to go for? James did four last time. I know. I'm going to have to go for four as well. Okay. And, uh, I, I'm still going to be behind if he gets this right, but I've got to go to four. Uh, Wayne Rooney to give... Donation for his toupee. <laughs> Sadly not. Uh, this is Wayne Rooney to give evidence in the Wagatha Christie trial oh. uh, as Jamie Vardy attends court for the first time. So if, you have, if you've been following the Wagatha Christie trial, Paul, a little. A little. That'll be a nil point for me then. Uh, yes, correct. James, have you been uh, following <laughs> Wagatha Christie? I, I, thankfully, no. Uh, so th- this is, this is you were lucky not to get that question then, <laughs> yes. weren't you? This is the story where uh, Colleen Rooney has accused uh, Rebecca Vardy of leaking stories from her Instagram channel. The case continues. Uh, okay, finally, James, I've got a TV news story to finish with. Uh, well, I, let's go for f- uh, five. Okay, very good. Feeling confident now, you uh, see. Piers Morgan forced to cut. Ah, yes, I did see a clip of this. Interestingly, this is the first clip that I've seen of the Piers Morgan show, known controversialist on uh, Twitter, which I find interesting because actually, why has he not produced enough controversial stuff to be shared all over Twitter in the first place? But this was someone who, I think he was a trans spokesperson or Mm. something. Uh, The guest branded uh, Piers Morgan the C word live on Talk TV, thus generating probably its first viral clip. Yes. Uh, Maybe uh, maybe that's something they should lead into uh, in the future. I think that means James has just about won today's uh, media pop quiz. In return for winning, uh, you get to represent Britain in the Eurovision Song Contest next year. Uh, Well done. And a cinnamon bun. Uh, And a cinnamon bun here from Spook. What does the loser get? (laughs) Uh, Two cinnamon buns. Uh, Right. uh, That's all from the media podcast team here at Radio Days Europe. Uh, Thanks to uh, Paul and to James and to all our guests and for you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with a regular Friday episode next week. But you can continue to help us cover the media news each week and doing things like this from Radio Days by becoming a patron of the show. If you head over to patreon.com slash mediapod, that's the way to give us a few pounds per month or, hey, even some Swedish krona to make sure that we can afford to do interesting things on the programme. Patreon.com slash mediapod. Alternatively, uh, you can take out a riverside.fm subscription as we get a bit of a kickback from that. That's using the code MEDIAPOD. Uh, Riverside.fm is a great way to record audio or video remotely. It's what we use here at the Media Podcast. And finally, if you haven't already subscribed, uh, maybe you clicked on a link in Twitter to get to the show this week. Why not subscribe? And then you'll get all this goodness every week in your podcast app of choice. So just hit the subscribe button or the follow button and you'll get new episodes every Friday. My name is Matt Deegan. The producer was Phoebe Adler-Ryan with support from Matt Hill. It was a Rethink Audio production. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.